2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Fast Twitch, the new energy drink from Gatorade, is here. And it's powering fast starts for athletes in every arena, like NBA All-Star Zion Williamson, WNBA Champ Kalia Copper, and MLB Superstar Francisco Lindor. With 200 milligrams of caffeine, electrolytes, and zero sugar, Fast Twitch is the new go-to for on-the-go energy anytime you need to turn up the intensity. Available in six refreshing Gatorade-inspired flavors. Grab Fast Twitch in the energy drink aisle at a store near you.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
4: Good afternoon and welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. It's Tuesday afternoon. I think we're all still on cloud nine after Sunday, as you can still hear in my throat, gentlemen. It's not back to itself. Um, 700 people can make a lot of noise in a corner, I find out, when the other 50,000 are silent. But hey-ho, how are both of you after Sunday? Have we came down yet? Or are we still top of the league?
5: Well, we're definitely still top of the league. You, you know that's. I don't think that's going to change for the whole season, is it? It's uh, it Just a win at Ibrook's, you know, back to normal service being resumed, and it could be normal service with a treble at the end of the season.
4: It could be normal service with a treble at the end. It's all if, buts and maybes. Um, there are six games to go. We are six points ahead with a ridiculously good goal difference, Patrick. Um, Lawrence has touched on normal service resumed. Um, if we go on to win the league I think at this point in time we're in the best possible position to do so um, you know I'm not a man that likes to count my chickens too early but I think you know I think there's ribbons in that league championship flag already Um, yeah it would be 10 titles in 11 years that is seriously normal service resumed and the possibility of 6 tables in 5 years if we were to deliver that which is absolutely fantastic it's levels that you know people could only have dreamed of reaching years ago. Um, and we just seem to keep rolling every single week with Andrew Ball.
6: Yep, 100%. <clears throat> um, I don't think even in our wildest dreams we could have imagined five trebles in six years and saying that's not happened yet, has it? So uh, just need to keep keep wary, um, keep humble and just sort of... Just take one game at a time. time. Yep, that's it. As I've said, you know, Sunday was for nothing if we don't beat St. Johnson on Saturday. So we just need to keep going one game at a time. Um, as you say, it's effectively a seven-point uh, lead we've got with a goal difference. Um, but, I mean, I think we all think the league's in the bag, um, but it's it's not done till it's done, sort of thing. Um, I think a lot of people will be looking at that semi-final now. I think that's the sort of big game. Um, in, the, in the huddle to the fifth table in six years, Um but, you know, as, as I keep on saying, one game at a time. And I, I will say, uh, I have taken a draw, but I think I also said I have taken 2-1 last Tuesday. So, um wish I put money in that, if I'm being honest. But yes, quite happy with the result.
4: Moritz, are you going to chip in there or
6: something?
5: I was going to say, but at the end of last Tuesday, I'm sure I had Patrick up to a 3-0-1. <laughs> I think
4: you did. You certainly made me confident, but uh, it, it went out the window on Sunday morning when you wake up and you're... You're looking forward to it. Um, Patrick, you're, people will notice the surroundings of yourself are a bit different from usual. You're joining us from the homeland of Jota. Um, what was your match day like on Sunday?
6: Um, quite different. Um, I was in Jinkie's Bar in Alba Fera, um, which was packed. I don't think I'd, I'd get in if it was like Scotland. Um, you know, they, they didn't have any guys in the door or anything. So it was just sort of you can walk in, walk out, folk standing on the steps watching the telly. Um very different atmosphere to back home. Um but you know, everyone was buzzing. Um most folk in there were Scottish anyway. Uh just sort of, you know, on their holidays obviously. And you know, just the relief and the delight and the joy of time was was unbelievable. You know, I don't think I've ever had a I don't think I've ever been in an atmosphere like that outside of a football stadium, if I'm being honest. Um, it was it was pretty special. But, you know, we get off to a bad start and you're not that confident because the performance in the first five minutes was pretty shaky as well. But, you know, as I'm sure we're going to talk about, Captain Callum gets us back into the game. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just sort of uh, the only ways up from there, really.
4: Yeah, I think uh, you know we weathered the storm. We'll, we'll get onto that completely. Um, it was a bit of a chaotic uh, first ten minutes to the game. We've heard Dan's talk about players um, rising above the chaos in games. I think we certainly did that. Um, we'll, we'll touch on what we've got probably as a banner headline just now um, because it's very relevant. Um, firstly, you know as a fan, and I think I speak for all Celtic fans on this: getting into the grind on Sunday was atrocious. Um, usually when we've been at Ibrox, um it's been a lot clearer set out um, but the, the strategic operation behind us seemed very odd um, we basically had a pathway to get through 10 at a time through two heads of police horses something I've never seen or experienced in my life in a confined space um, then about seven rows of police officers instead of um, railings or whatever walking up at the stadium separated by two steel-metal barriers um, and then into the stadium and, you know, the usual, there's obviously been the big highlights of the glass bottle thrown from the Copland Road into Joe Hart's goal mouth. Um, There was, you know, other objects being thrown, not just at Celtic players. I think yesterday, if you look at the unique angle um, video, you see somebody in the, the main stand look as if they meant to make an approach for the pitch and is taken away by another a fan and not by a steward, and um, yeah, Patrick, I want to come to you on this as a spectacle. You know, Scottish football isn't a rich league, Um we have interest probably at this point in time due to and from Japan, Australia, other countries will be giving us more attention than they probably do. So, Um this was not the best spectacle,
6: and it wasn't in the
4: Celtic fans on Sunday, was it?
6: No, and um, I don't think it. Actually, this reflects badly in Scottish football, uh, in particular. I think it's a, I think it's a major problem. Um, if you're being honest with yourself, because you know anything that happened was either down to the club when it comes to the, the planning for the away fans getting into the stadium, or down to the supporters with the glass bottles. And you know the only one I saw at the time. I mean, you know, apart from the glass bottle, um, Jota takes a corner, uh, where their sort of ultras sit. And he was getting like mm-hmm. cups and stuff. Celtic's so, with coins. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite disappointing. But you know, I don't think Australians in particular have a high opinion of rangers at the moment. You know, they were all sort of getting into them the last couple of days for pulling out of that tournament. Um, so it's not something that you know it's disappointing. Uh, obviously, safety wise for the seven hundred, it was disappointing as well, and that's that's a concern going forward. But I don't think Celtic reputation is damaged in any. No, I don't think
4: Celtic's reputation is uh, damaged um, at you know, all. On place, like. No, not at all. Um, so,
6: you know, I just think we, we just need to move on. Yeah, we
4: do need to move on. Lawrence, I'll come to you on this. Um, obviously, one omission that I made uh, when I was talking about that was uh, a member of Celtic's uh, staff hit with a bottle. Um, we've seen the images, we've seen the, the stitches that he had to get, um, that this going forward, had this happened probably in a European competition at any stadium, um, it would be an automatic shutdown. There would be some sort of action taken. Um, How does this move forward? Because when we come to the the next Glasgow Derby game at Celtic Park, there will be, I imagine, a a contingent of Rangers supporters in the stadium. Um, You know, in terms of safety, how how you know going forward when Celtic visit Ibrox is that guaranteed? And how is it guaranteed when there's a section of the support coming to Celtic part? because they're going to hold a corner, a corner that Celtic players will probably have to to take um, kind of kicks from as well. So how does this move forward, and what action should be taken in your opinion?
5: Well what I would say is kind of responsibilities of the clubs to ensure that the stadiums are safe regardless of what fans are in there. So when it comes to Celtic Park, it's responsibility of Celtic and the police and the security company to work together to basically check the visiting fans coming in, to check they're not bringing in bottles, whatever it is. But, you know, who are the tickets going to? We should have that list. Whether we're using facial facial recognition technology technology on the way in, there's a definite problem there. But on the flip side, coming back to the game there, you know, that responsibility belongs to the Rangers or, you know, the Rangers International Football Club, whatever you want to call it. It's down to the end to guarantee, people's safety in the stadium. And th- this isn't the first time Scott Brown was attacked on the park. Uh, let's not forget the stewards just showed the guy back to his seat for that game. It wasn't even like he was ejected. Lee Griffiths, a battery thrown at him and, and, you know, he holds the battery up and the ref just tells him to go on with the game. So, it's, it's, so I think, you know, for me... I wasn't shocked that this happened. I more or less expect things like this to happen. And, you know, the bottles, the batteries, the authorities need to step in and do something. Like you're not, these are really things that could really cause injury. They need to take some action against the club whose responsibility it is. And you know, if I'm the guy that's been hit in the head, my head's cut open. Maybe I'm speaking to Rangers and saying, Look, it was your responsibility to keep me safe. This happened at your main stand at the tunnel. You know, I've now got a split, my head split open. I'd want to see exactly what they've done to keep him safe because it certainly seems to be a large failing. We saw the pictures on of all the bottles lined up, you know, the, the stand after the game. You're going, Well, exactly what kind of searches were done here that that amount was getting in. So I, I think it's got to fall back to whoever's responsible for the stadium they've got the main burden of it and look, listen we've not been uh, without an instance you'll remember AC Milan the guy running on and tapping the goalkeeper even at the corners sometimes you'll see some coins thrown a, a, a cigarette lighters so, so it is bigger but it's nowhere in the size of the Rangers problem it seems constant it's bottles it's batteries people running on it on the park it just seems that almost every game that you know there's issues there and until the authorities step in and actually say, "Listen, it's down to clubs. We're going to punish you." I, I, I don't see anything changing, you know, because if there's no punishment coming for the clubs, it's almost well, when you go ahead, you know, just do it because there, there is no re- repercussions. That you know, there's no consequence almost of these things happening.
4: No, there isn't. And as I say, you know, if that was UEFA, probably club competition, there would be a consequence coming. We've seen. Um... That particularly happened um, at Ibrox. It's also happened at Celtic Park with uh, flares too. So, you know, there has been um, consequences happened for behaviour that authorities don't deem to be correct. Um, but in the SPFL at this point in time, that's not the case. Um, for anybody asking, no, that was not the manager. Foreign, I don't know who it was. I usually make sure it's muted every week. And there it goes this week. And, so, it's probably like got a
5: different ringtone, hasn't he, on your phone?
4: Yeah. It's the Celtic song that plays whenever he phones. Um, Patrick, as Lawrence was saying there, you know, I made a lot of really good points. I think about the authorities getting involved in this. That there's, I think, there's another key point in this, and the um, the person that threw the bottle from the Colwyn Road, I do imagine, was probably in the upper tier of the Colwyn Road because, um, you know, for that to smash that, it's obviously had to come off the crossbar or something and at a high speed. Um, that could have injured one of their own players. Because Rangers were attacking the Copeland Road in the second half. Players would have been going for headers, trying to you know, get in around the box. They were two on down in the game. And also the Celtic staff member that got hit with a bottle. I imagine that team is was probably other people going either up or down the tunnel at that point in time. So even though we're having a discussion here about our own staff and our own players, which is our duty as Celtic fans to talk about, as a football club, the series must be looking at the people that are doing this and everything that they've got protocol-wise around the stadium and protection of their own players and their own fans. Because had that bottle maybe not made it to the pitch on Sunday, it could have scalped somebody in the back of the head in the Copeland Road. And I don't think a bottle at high speed, a glass one going off your
6: head, is going to do you the world of good, is it? No. And, um, you know, they went down, you know, three or four times in the box, looked for a penalty on Sunday. uh, You know, Goldson went down. Not like (laughs) <laughs> not like no, a totally, totally new uh, tactic they've developed. Um, you know, Goldson went down at least twice. He could, uh, he could have uh, landed in a bit of glass. And um, a Rangers fan would have been responsible. Yeah, not only that, it raises questions about you know students. Um, how are so many guys getting bottles? You know, into the park. You can talk about a wider debate about you know alcohol in stadiums and plastic cups. Would people sneak bottles in if you get plastic cups of alcohol? But I think that's a different topic for a different day. I think the SPFL, I know I said that you know you have to move on um, in terms of reputation, but in terms of safety, I think you know the SPFL or the SFA have to do something here because I mean that's two bottles at opposite ends of the grounds. And then you've seen it full-time. Um, I think it's a cup. I don't think it's a bottle. I think it's a cup. It's thrown in Scott Bain and Jota are laughing um, you yeah, know, at the Rangers. what said in the comments. Aye, at, at full-time. So... You've got three different corners of the park all throwing bottles at players, um, at the crossbar. You know, it's it's a safety issue, and I I, I don't know what the rules are about refusing to refusing to play, refusing to go to grounds. But it's a safety issue for the players, the coaching staff, and the supporters. So, you know, it's a it's a really really big problem, and I'm not really sure what you can do. I think it's I think it's in the hands of the SPFL, um, if I've been honest. I think the best thing that Celtic can do is totally deprive them of a a trophy this season. And it's it's totally in Celtic's hands, you know, not in the Scotch Cup. And they will go trophy-less. And I think that's all Celtic can do moving forward.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla test Intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit Cox.com/slash/internet for details.
4: Yeah, I'm certainly would like to see that happen. And um, there was a lot of uh, unhappy faces, let's say, on, on Sunday um, leaving Ibrox Park and uh, Scottish Cup semi-final when I'm sure would only further emphasise that point and just to kind of wrap up on this point because you know we want to talk about Celtic we want to talk about how well we've played on Sunday Lawrence Um, if a decision was in Celtic's hands hey for this next Glasgow Derby game should there be any away support or, are we, the min- or are we giving in into the minority um, in the sense of the bottles being thrown that uh, and the coins you know it wasn't 50,000 people it's important to emphasise but there is a problem with it there's a good lot of people doing it, but should it mean that you know, a Rangers away section is deprived from Celtic Park?
5: So, so I think we've got to give them tickets by the rules so or a reasonable amount of tickets, whatever that is. It's, it's a bit of a really concept, but let's be let's be 100% clear. This is a feeling on Rangers, the club, and their security measures. Yes. What we're, so are we saying we ban fans because we don't think our security measures are going to be up to stopping 700 people bringing bottles in? You know, so I think it's kind of two different issues here. You know, we've got to give them tickets as per the rules. I mean, we need to implement proper security measures, which should have been implemented at Ibrooks by the club there. So I think it's down to Celtic, the police and the security company to to do proper searches to make sure bottles aren't getting into the park. You know, and so I, I think it's kind of two different issues. I don't think taking tickets away from Rangers fans because Rangers as a club failed in their security duty. You know, and you've got to, you know, going past, you've got to look at police as well and say, well, this isn't unexpected That here. What were you doing for people's safety? You had officers on the ground. It's, You know, we've seen Scott Brown attacked in the park. We've seen Barty's thrown before. What exactly are you doing to guarantee 700 people's safety and the safety of the guys in the dugout and on the park? Because it's not enough and it's consistently not been enough. So I think that's the issue you need to focus on. not saying, well, should we take tickets away from you know, the, the 700 Rangers fans that you know, we're bound to give them some tickets by the rules. It's what he's going to do to improve your security p- procedures, protect Celtic fans, protect Celtic members of staff and protect the players.
4: Yeah, I'd be in total agreement with that. Patrick, would you be in agreement with Florence and the, the points he's made there? I think Celtic as a club, you know, the, the security measures that we probably put in place should be enough to, to, to do that, but as a feeling in Rangers Park here, um, but I, I, again, you know, if you look back at the, the derby game at the start of February, there was a fan who was able to run up across the park at that game and managed to get to the other goalmouth. Um, it's becoming an increasingly worrying uh, incident um, and thing that's uh, keeping into football. Obviously, nothing happened with it, but um, in terms of safety and security concerns. It's down to Celtic, and I imagine that, that Celtics will be um, completely tight for for this coming hey, Glasgow derby game, and it'd be very nice if that game could possibly be a game that seals the league championship.
6: Yes, that would be um, quite sweet. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a problem all over. You know, world football really open on the pitch. Um, it doesn't say a lot about the stewards at football grounds. You know, they're not. No, it's or the police. Yeah. They don't want to. You don't want to run and just leave it to a steward Aye um, yeah it's, it doesn't um, reflect uh, well on them at all um, obviously Celtic need to make sure that, that it is um, secure and, and safe and stuff but you know, as Lon says what happened on Sunday that's down to Rangers and their, their security um, that they hire for, for match days I don't see why we should refuse to give them tickets because I mean that, that would only reflect reflect badly on our security, really, wouldn't it? Um, so, no, I'd be quite happy to give the 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 sort of token seven hundred tickets that we got uh, at the weekend for the game at Celtic Park and just show them how to to run a football stadium, show them how to um, play football, show them how to win a league championship, and um, maybe they pick up a few tips and lessons.
4: I hope we don't pick up any tips and lessons. But, yeah, I think the, the, the token 700, I think both of you are, are spot on. It's the gesture that's been made. It needs to be carried through. And uh, I think everything you said there, Patrick, they, they can come and watch a, a proper outfit and uh, the the league champions elect at Celtic Park. But we'll move on to the game. Um, The reason we are, hopefully, league champions elect is because we are six points clear at the top of the league. We are 32 games unbeaten there's um, that many games unbeaten now guys I need to go and check back my notes to make sure I'm not saying 31 but it's 32 games unbeaten domestically, um, it's been a 12 point swing since the winter break, we are 6 clear of 6 games to go um, Lawrence you were but obviously uh, covering the game on Axon on Sunday um, not the best of starts for us, Juranovic switches off, they get the goal um, but I think almost we'd come to expect that. Um I imagine that Ange probably from looking at Rangers and other analysis that we've got at Celtic will have seen that in, in previous European games and we wavered the storm and after we'd conceded very early on, um, it's Captain Callum McGregor who pulls us right back into the game with an absolutely fantastic drive and run.
5: Yeah, listen, it's the season of microcosm, isn't it? You know, a shaky start uh, and then just going on to, to, to dominate the, the rest of that first half. You know, Juranovic, I thought uh, he, he was a bit shaky, and I think that's probably why I made a switch with Jota, just to, for me to give him kind of more of a hand on that side defensively. But, you know, I, I thought once we went 2 1 up the the tar- of one decent save to make outside of that, I, I don't think we offered too much. When we made two subs when they're chasing the game it was a bit strange. Maybe it's a reflection of what they've got on the bench. I forget the name of the, the Man United wonder kids who was going to come up here and win the title for them. But...
6: Yeah, I don't know know. He
5: did. Is that him? Yeah. So he, he didn't make it off the bench. So it's, it's three points. It's, you know, a hand on the trophy. Uh, I think it's done now. I think Angel will have the team playing. Uh, I think we'll beat St John's Then they'll possibly drop points against St Mum, Which could mean first game after a split being... Uh, a Glasgow derby at Celtic Park, with us having the opportunity to go, perhaps twelve points clear with a, a massive uh, goal difference, which would more or less mean that we could win the title against them. Hopefully,
4: um, we'll see what happens. Um, so, you know, one game at a time, as Patrick says. St Johnston's trying to be a bit of form just now but again, as you know, as Ange who says, Sunday doesn't matter. And if we don't do the job against St Johnston, Um there's a real good point there that Lawrence, I think, makes in that and that Sunday was always the microcosm of our season. Bad start, showed resilience, pulled herself right back into it and then just completely and utterly dominated. Um, but, you know, Callum McGregor, again, to, to stress this point, he's been absolutely fantastic this season. As a captain, he's led the way. That run was tremendous. You know, Bass is a big lumpy, a guy. Um, do you think that was possibly a penalty by the way and there's a tug in the jersey Kenny Miller wants to say that CCV is a penalty, that there's no mention of this one, do you think that was a penalty and I almost found it very strange I don't know what your thoughts are, on this one. we basically get three bites of the cherry of that goal McGregor makes a run in, Roderick gets his shot
6: Hatati then gets his shot then eventually
4: Roderick puts the ball in the back of the net
6: yeah, it's quite strange. There's a big gap in their defence. You know, I think I think Bassi, you know, almost gives away a penalty. I think Willie him almost does a play advantage to let Roger get his shot off. Um whether whether he was going to give the penalty or not, I don't know. Um I was certainly shouting for it at the time. Uh, but Bassey almost stand stands still and leaves a big gap in the defence. Um and when Roger was to take his second shot, I didn't celebrate because I thought it was going to be called offside. And then in the replay, you see that both Bassey and Tavernier, um, you know, the, the Super Rangers captain that they've got, um, is playing side. Um And, yeah, as a microcosm of the season, I hadn't even thought of it that way. Um, and, you know, I've seen something on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure if it was a press conference uh, before the game at the weekend, but there was a press conference that Ange done and they said, you know, if I tell my players we need to score the first goal, and we go 1-0 down, well, that's the plan out the window. So you need to be prepared for all eventualities. And, of course, mm. what happens? They go 1-0 down in two minutes. Um, so, yes, fantastic one from Callum. And, you know, they, they switch off. They give us three decent chances, and Rogic puts the third one away.
4: And I actually think, Lawrence, I don't know what your thoughts on this, you know, I know he's very close in on the goal, but it's, he takes it perfectly. You know, I think that's a very hard skill to do. He gets his, he times it well and where he puts it in the net, Alan McGregor's got absolutely no chance. Um but just that immediate response, I think it was so so important in the game because, you know, I think we were all getting nervous. We were you know, it almost looked at times as if we couldn't sting three passes together in that first five minutes or so. It looked as if we'd maybe been a bit shocked. We'd been a bit like what Rangers had been at Celtic Park, but right away we showed the resilience we showed I've got, you know, character, which I just said the players have had since day one that he's walked in that building. But how important do you think that immediate response was in that game? Because I think the longer that went on, you know, Rangers would have probably started to get a wee bit more hope. Um, But we showed fantastic resilience to get ourselves right back out of the game and it all comes from the captain.
5: Well, so it certainly silenced the holds, didn't it? You know, if a few of our players were, were spooked by the atmosphere, it, 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 it silenced it. So... I th- think it was pivotal to get such a quick leveler, uh, and it settled it settled the nerves a bit for the team. I don't think we really looked back after it, did we? You know, back on level terms and just going for the winner. Uh, so, yeah, McGregor's definitely failed, you know. On the way up to, it, you know, he's pulled his jersey, he's, he's off balance, he's, he still gets his pass away, but it goes, goes over. So, but I, I don't think Colin was signaling it any advantage at all. Let's be honest. I don't think we're going to get. He looks happy.
4: He looks happy when the ball goes in the net. By the way, there seems to be a wee bit of a meltdown with this one. He's got a wee uh, smile on his face. As well, as I don't know if he's a catching on. The mid days or starting to catch up on him. It could be, mate. You know,
5: I, I, I would be. Surprised. Although he never gave it a
4: fill for about 25 minutes in the game, so probably not.
5: Yeah, last 25 minutes of the game, we, we, we just weren't getting anything, and a penalty on Meador. It's you kind know, of what, what needs to happen there? you know I think McCoy's commentary well, oh he gets his foot down there's contact it goes over well, and that was the reason for not giving it but that's kind of how it would generally go you know contact then he goes over but yeah it's look, listen it's three points six clear and I, I think you know it was important to get Ange to get a win at Ibrox again so or Ange's first one but for us to get back and have a one in there eh, you know, big prize at the end of the season you will have another transfer window to, to to build on the, on the squad, uh, and I think they've got like four or five of the, the squad either out of contract or into going into the, the last year of their contracts, and I, th- I think that's four or five that are starting to live. In. So you know it's not looking good for them. Adding to that, walking away from Australia, you know, surrendering the con- continent of Australia to us, I think it's going to cost them somewhere in the region of five million. Big Mike's get a bill for them. You know, it's, it, it, it's a happy happy place to be, you know. I think Walls, Ice Cream are going to be doing a rolling trade by yeah. the end of the season.
4: I quite like an ice cream. Pat, have you been playing ice cream on the holiday, yeah, I? yeah there's, there's been no a beer over here, so... All right, OK. <laughs> right, there they go. Um, to, Tom Rodic, uh started a game at Ibrox on Sunday. it's his third goal at Ibrox. Fancy's a goal at Ibrox. I think he's uh, since two thousand and twelve, he's scored more goals at Ibrox than any Rangers player, which is uh, which says a lot. But his selection was justified. I don't think, even though you know we would all debated last week, we would spoke about Niamh Beaton, and we'll probably come on to, he came on. I think his cameo was very important in the game. Um, but I think we're all you know fairly confident that the start eleven the manager picked um, would get the job done. Tom Rogic went in there, the Rio Hitati. And Callum McGregor and he was outstanding at times on Sunday Patrick going into those wee pockets of space. There's one, um, I don't know if you remember right on the halfway line, he loses the ball eventually. But he's it's a kind of wee step over with the pass. Um Michael Stewart, I, I watched back in sports and he's got oh ho oh, oh, ho, look at that. He eventually loses the ball, but it was some feet. Um he was very important on Sunday and it's just been, I think Tom Roderick throughout this season, a, a guy like that who's been there, he's done it all, he's scored the big goals and games like this are so important to go to and trust and he really stepped up with a big performance and was really deserving
6: of a golden in the day, I thought. Yep, 100%. And, you know, I think, you know, Rangers fans are probably terrified of him in the same way that they're terrified of um, Moussa Dembele in um, the first Brendan Rodgers season that we had. Uh <laughs> Um, but, you know, it, it's, um, it's, I don't know if you'd call it Sod's Law, or um, it's just by chance that, you know, I was quite unhappy that it was starting, I went for O'Reilly for the legs, for the running, so they could dominate the midfield. And then, of course, on the way to Drinkies, I turned and said to my dad, Oh, well, Roger's going to score then, isn't he? Because I was unhappy that he's going to play. So- he's of a hat trick in the first half. Right. Um, it, it, well, I can think of at least one more chance that he, he sort of wasted a bit. He tries to place it, and it ends up mm-hmm. going about five yards over the bar, um, maybe three yards over the bar. But we relied very heavily on him in the first half of the season. Um, we got the reinforcements in in January, and uh, he's still he's still playing. You know, a lot of games, a lot of minutes, um, and yeah, just I'd like to have him in the club. Uh, obviously, he's got I think it's something like fourteen months left on his deal, so I'd be more than happy to extend that. I'm sure Ange will as well. Um, and yeah, he's just—he's—I um, think he, he'll, he'll be remembered quite fondly when he retires. He'll be—I think he'll be a Celtic great when he retires because he's been here for such a long time. He's been—he's been playing fairly consistently since 2015, and mm-hmm. um, he's... He's very, very rarely dipped form. You know when he dipped under Lennon, he didn't really play much. Um, but you know when he's when he's playing, he's he's on form and he's he's a fantastic player.
4: Yeah, I think he's a top top player. I think every Celtic fan immediately, if they hadn't already, took him to their heart that that day, um, Scottish Cup final in twenty seventeen. When he scored at the very day, Um, Lawrence the Big Man's actually approaching a testimonial. I think next season that'll be, or possibly the end of this year. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
3: It's the marketer's report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, global chief marketing officer, direct consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: If he'd been here longer than they've been in existence, but
6: nope. No, no, uh, is a, just... I think there's six months in it, but uh, six no. months in it, yeah. I uh, wasn't no. too sure, but, but <laughs> has
5: Beaton been here longer than they've been in existence then? Because he's he, he came after
4: here? he came after Tom Roderick because uh, yeah, big right. Tommy Roderick signed in the one two five season. Because oh, I always remember him getting unveiled in that that cracking kit. Remember that one two five hoops kept with the really fun Celtic, uh, green and white hoops on it? The badge was cracking, and um, so yeah, big fella's approaching the test. it well, that's, that's probably going to be three players now. I do imagine your beat on will be hanging about um and rightfully so, you know, if he continues to be as important as he has been. No, what, what, for, like people, we we will come to him. Um but yeah as it's beat on Roderick and James Forrest. So uh, yeah, the there's three, well. players. The three of them. Yep, all three, the of, three them, of them. So I uh, might just check them all in. I think that days are going by. Um you know I was when I was interviewing Peter Grant if he told me this really Crazy story that um, Danny McGreevy's testimonial against Manchester United. Peter Grant was actually selling the programmes outside the jungle for Danny's testimonial and went on to play with Danny in the first team. So um, it just shows you that's the power of Celtic at times. Um, but
5: Grant's testimonial a lot, by Munich. Not a lot of sold, but on the night, what a turnout! She's oh, the yep. and they had to the, delay the it. Yeah, just because yep. so they many people just
4: kickoff. left it late. That's right. And uh, he was, he's always said he's always a worrier and you know, he was saying to people, I know he's going to turn up for us and all that stuff. But he said Bayern Munich were great. Muller came over. He was, obviously, there's a photograph of him and Billy McNeil do the um, the kind of photo to, to to build up the game. And he had a great night and he said Bayern were absolutely top class when they came over for that one. So it'd be interesting to see if there's any testimonials planned down the line for these three guys. Um, If I'm reading a Tom Roddick uh, testimonial committee, I'm quite happy to step myself forward for that one because big man's will do it um, Lawrence just before we came on air um, we, we noticed I think every Celtic fan noticed in the game that and switched the wingers round very early on in the game and we started to get joy down that side once we started uh, there's a one that Jota puts the ball right round uh, the corner I think it's Maeda that runs on to it and we get a really good chance um, Paul goes in and Jackie Marcus just comes very close with a header. Um, I think it was very important that, that switch of wingers. I know that was an old Neil Lennon favourite tactic, but it did work in Sunday when we switched the two wingers round.
5: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think not least so because Yoranovich uh, was struggling. I think it just gives you more cover defensively than Jota did. But, but I mean, their defence. As ropey as a 5 minutes start we had, you know, I'd pick... I don't think any of the defenders gets in our team, you know. And Maeda, you know, he kept on for for ninety five minutes or thereabouts. He just never stopped. He's ridiculous!
4: He? He's just ridiculous.
5: Yeah, and you was always getting in some cracking crosses, wasn't he? I mean, at the end of the second half, Yakamakis header over, but he even it was your top of the ball eh, t- that Stafford get the head on to knock it down to Cameron Carter-Vickers. So, yeah, worked really well for us. Uh, and, and they didn't even have to face Kyogo I mean, imagine Anne saying, look, you know yeah, we don't need Kyogo at Ibrox we've got enough in the tank to beat them without our best player uh, it, it kind of tells you the levels doesn't it, uh, and where we are respectively
4: Yeah, it, it does um, Pat, Pat, it dies in my head it was absolutely phenomenal on Sunday, it was well and we I shout a man of the match, even though I think Vickers for me would have probably got my man of the match but he was just constant, it was such a nuisance. Um he should have had a penalty on him you know, we've touched on that. But what a player he is. And you know, there has been a lot of praise for Greg Taylor in recent days, very well deserved. But even the, the cover I think he provides to Greg Taylor and just this intelligence of the two that have to have developed very naturally and something that I don't think we're talking about eh, too much that I think we're all forgetting. But we're probably at the start of April here. Maeda, Rigo Hitati, Yusuke Deguchi only arrived in Scotland at the beginning of January. Um it came to a club that was already, you know, halfway through a season, settled to an extent, and they've just taken us to another level and he was
6: absolutely terrific when somebody dies in Sunday in Maida. He was. Um he's he's an expert at pressing the ball. He's absolutely phenomenal and I think Ange He is Ange ball and a player I think, yeah. dies in Maida. It just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. I think it was um the the second interview with Simon Ferry, um, he talks about my aid and he says he presses one player, and you think, "Oh, well, that's you know, that's his burst of energy." But he immediately presses another, and to actually have the energy to do that, to have the capacity to do that, it, it's just ridiculous. Ange himself is surprised by just how good he is at pressing and closing down uh, the ball. Um, I've no doubt, you know, managers like Ronnie Island I loved them um, six or seven years ago when he was at the club. But, you know, what a think he is, I mean, I think it was just over a million we paid for him. And it's an absolute bargain. Um, and, you know, Lawrence said it as well, you know, he's he's probably not got the same attacking ability as Jota, but defensively, he was doing an awful lot to help out. He was part of the back four at times, you know, um, especially in that first 10, 20 minutes when we were under the caution. Mm-hmm. Of it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was an absolute defensive masterclass you know second half we limited them to crosses into the box shorts from outside the box but we didn't you know as much as we were under siege for the last half hour in particular we didn't actually look nervy or you know under threat at any point in particular you we, know, we, we felt, felt nervy I
4: think <laughs> every Celtic fan in the world felt nervy watching that but I think the players just looked so yeah. so you know assured and there was a lot of balls coming out of the box Um you know, I think when you've got a player like Daisy Maeda, who has shown that work great when you're you two one up in a game, um and whether you're even down in a game, just a player like that, I think you look around as a team and I think he just lifts you so so much because he put in so much, you know, even when we're going in the attack and he loses the ball, he's back and he's winning the ball. It's
6: incredible. And you actually expect him to go back and win the ball, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yep, and you compare him to, you know, a guy like Aaron Ramsey, who is allegedly a world class footballer who was attempting to mark Callum-McGregor out of the game and ended up being knackered after about 55 minutes and had to be taken off after 66 minutes. Um, Maeda ran his socks off, as did Yakimakis. actually. You know, he's obviously not on the same level in terms of closing down the ball, but ran his absolute socks off for a full 90 minutes. Um, and, you know, all credit to them. When it comes to the penalty instant... <laughs> I was actually more angry at the time that he didn't go to try and shoot because he tries to take the ball wide. But, um, you know, it is a penalty. Um, just as much as um, the, the McGregor one is a penalty. And, you know, you've got about two denied penalties on either team. So I don't know what Kenny Vallar on Sports Scene is arguing about because I think anyone that says Celtic didn't deserve to win the game is going to be so actually. Was that Lawrence? I think that I was
5: going to say, my when he huddled McGregor the first time, he shouldn't have huddled him. You know, before, he, before the penalty incident, it, there was a, a similar th- through ball where he gets the ball first and tries to huddle McGregor and go and get it. It's just a play the ball and let McGregor wipe him out. You know, probably being too honest, but, he could have, well, that's not to say we'd have got the penalty right, right enough. On the evidence of the the second incident, you know, we probably wouldn't have got the penalty. But, yeah, I, I don't think the Cameron carter one was a penalty, I thought. You know Taylor's probably to you get know, a yellow card early. If you give, if you give the Vickers one,
4: Lawrence, you're given five penalties again. I think, yeah. and as I say earlier, I don't think there's there's no wave of, of Willie Collins' advantage in the, the tug in McGregor. So if you're not given that one, it means you can of oh, give the one in well, Goldson.
5: Did it come off a, a rebo as well? One of the, one of our shots that was on target. I think it was Roger' Kitter shot from edge of the box. Yeah, and, yeah and I know, but when two. you're oh, talking goldson about you know boy's arm, so you're good. Well. If, if Vickers is a penalty for that, that that's a penalty but Lundström I thought was a red card mind you I thought Tony Ralston was lucky to stay on at the end but Lundström would have been off Ryan Jack should have been sent off you know kicking Yakimakis then robbing his face and hand in the face facing the ground and it looks as if he needs him when he stands up as well you look mm. well will at what point <laughs> you know just pick anyone from three it's a sending off offence and yeah. you know
4: I the no action from that was that that was the next point I was coming to in um, the Lundsum yellow card. Um, funnily enough, Lundsum got the man of the match at Ivericks on Sunday. I mean, in this incident, they were just about to come to the second goal. He takes Giacomacchus out completely. Um, Patrick, I want to hear your thoughts on this one. Um, should it have been a red? Because I know when we had this conversation about the real Hitati one at Tanadice, we both made. we were all having a conversation that we wouldn't have been surprised to have seen that incident be given as a red card. This one is heavy. I don't think in modern football you can get away with that kind of challenge. Um, and I wouldn't have been surprised to have seen what they call him giving a red. It was a very quick yellow card. Patrick, what, what was your thoughts on it? And also, I want to just ask, do you think that Giovanni van Bronckhorst used George Schiakamakis as a target for Rangers' uh, game plan? Because he seemed to be the target man for the bad challenges, just possibly due to those comments a few weeks ago to try and galvanise him. It didn't work, because they never injured them, and the big man just had them in toast for the whole game.
6: Um, Just on the challenges, I don't think Ralston or Lundström's challenges are red cards. Um, I think they're both yellows, and they both got a yellow, so I've got no complaints either way. When I first seen them both in real time, I thought they were both red cards, but I think when you see the replay, Lundström's very... um, he's very forceful, you could say, but he does get the ball and his studs are up, I don't think, from what I can remember, so I don't think it's a red, and then, you know, Ralston, his studs are up against the man, but again, it's not a red card, I don't think. Um, on the penalties, on the other hand, I think, you know, if you're going to give one penalty, you have to give the other, and as you say, the one at the corner, I think you're giving a penalty for, you're going to get a penalty every single game, the amount of corners that are taken mm-hmm. in football, the amount of jostling that's going on, and, um, on the Yakimakis one, I think that's you near. Know, I've actually never, 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 I didn't think about that. That's a possibility. Um, you know, a bit of just, just look at those two incidents
4: that yeah, one, right. and the one that Lawrence is talking about. Jack, it's weird. He's, I don't mm. know what he's doing. He's Lawrence, you've touched on it. There's the, the, the stamp, there is a knee, and there's a hand in his face, and it lasts a good 30 seconds. That, yeah, um, so, and Wally Colum seemed a lot more worried about George's Yakimakis than he did about Ryan Jack.
5: Yeah. Any one of those three offences is. You know, red card, but also about 20 minutes to go, he wins ahead header just inside their half, and the boy comes through and clicks him. I'm late, so I think maybe it was targeted because he's the only guy we didn't really have a replacement for. You know, who were you going to put on at centre forward to lose a line that led to us changing our shape and our get you know, and our tactics just a wee bit because we, we, we didn't have anyone at centre forward? You can, I mean, Abada can play there, but he's not the same kind of forward as, as Jacques Marcus, so maybe that came come into it a bit. they thought, you know what. He's had his comments. Also, you know, if he's off, he'll take me to change what they're doing a bit. So it could be part of that. But I t- tell you what, you know, not reacting t- t- to Jack, you know, just holding his foot there to show. calm. going, look, he's just brought his heel down. He's hit me in mid the mid But yeah, Willie didn't seem at all bothered by it, did he? Maybe just part and parcel of the game to, to Willie.
4: Yeah, I think a lot of people thought um, that he kind of let the game just run. Um, at times and didn't really have too much of a hole in the game he was just letting challenges go in and whatnot. so it depends on what your interpretation is of the game but I certainly think Celtic were denied a few clear penalties especially that Maeda one um, and as I say if you're, you're not going to give the, the one in Callum McGregor there's absolutely no chance you're giving uh, the other one because it's the same thing it's a shirt pull so about consistency I think that's what we all want from referees Um, and Maybe as you say, Patrick, they're two heavy challenges. There's a bit of consistency in it. It's two yellow cards. as he sees fit. Um, so, yeah. But one good thing is we're not talking about a, a, you know, a refereeing performance that changed the game because Celtic deserved to win the game and the referee didn't impact in that, thankfully. So, that's always a and we don't need really to dwell on it. Um, the goal that we got from, from that set piece, um, I think Staffel does really well with Balogun. He kind of uh, sucks them in it makes him get that flip down Patrick, and the finish from from Vickers, it's you know it's like a centre forward. They he takes a really good first touch. I don't know if he means the first touch, and he absolutely
6: bangs it into the back of the net underneath Adam McGregor, it's a great finish. Yeah, and it's a you know it's a fantastic assist from uh, from Lundstrom as well, because it comes off Lundstrom. And um I've just spotted a Rangers fan out my window for that's phenomenal timing. Um he's got his fifty five chairs on that so that's brilliant. Really he enjoyed the weekend. Um, no, it's a it's a phenomenal finish and you know it's so powerful the shot that it comes off Alan McGregor's so foot still in the net and you know it's <coughs> I don't want really to say it's fortunate but they've got a guy in the post in Bassey and then they've got McGregor um, I don't think Bassey's intentionally on the post because it is a free kick he'd be playing everyone on side but he ends up in the post and then you've got McGregor right next to him and he manages to get it in between that gap and um you know, he's got he's get twice as many goals as Ryan Kent this season. Um, so he's obviously doing something right. Um, but disappointed that Starfield hasn't scored for Celtic yet. Because, you know, he, he, he does look like going a
4: come, presence. It's going to well come
6: him. this season. I mean, am telling you. He gets his head to that. Um, he gets his head to that. And he gets a, he gets a decent assist. So, um, yeah, delighted. And, you know, I think it was coming. Um, because we're going into the game and it felt... It felt like if there was going to be a goal, it would be Celtic's way. I know away to Ibrox, anything can happen. These types of games, but it, it did feel as if Celtic, you know, deserved to score um, at that point or at some point near, mm-hmm. that point in the match, and um, you know, just delighted to, especially going in a half time because it's so, so close to the half hour mark. Uh, sorry, the half time mark. Yeah, forty three
4: minutes on the clock, perfect time to score. Um gave us gave us all a lift. Um, we gave the team a lift and even in, I think the atmosphere around is going to change at that point throughout half-time. Um, it was the world's strongest man that was in the park. He didn't seem to get to get a reception because I don't think everybody was, was too chuffed after just conceding so late on. Um, Lawrence, we wavered the storm in the second half and the only real save that I remember Joe Hart making is a win from Sakala It's a really strong hand and obviously the offside flag goes up for Kmart Roof. Um probably too many balls into the box for my liking but Stafford and Vickers went absolutely everything they were totally resilient and you know I think an the amount of changes that we also had to make in the second half we deserved to win we showed that we've got a squad there that we if we need to call another players they can come on the path and do the job that involves you know you're near coming on and David Turnbull come back and Arada who probably should have had a couple of goals
5: Yeah You know, we don't have the the tallest centre-halves, but as you said, they were just winning everything in the box. Even Greg Taylor was one of a couple of headers, you know, cleared a few. But I I don't really think they had an answer rather than just pump the ball into the box and and hope something fell for them. You know, they, they, they seem bereft of ideas.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.
7: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
3: As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: They touched on it when they went to the bench. They could only bring two guys on in a game that they're chasing. Their manager didn't really seem to know what to change to combat Angie's system. How you break the defence down, you just, other than throw a ball in the box, you know, Cameron Katavikar's vickers felt, they were happy with it just to, just to mop it up. The second goal, coming from a, a Starfelt knockdown, you know, the last five or six games, we have started, you know, whether it's corners or free kicks in the box, we've started to win the headers and get knockdowns and get, getting goals from set pieces that way. Maybe it's down to Angie getting more time to work with the players now who have got, you know, We've got less games, but I said three points. We we march on, uh, and I think I think everybody, as we see one game at a time. I think everybody knows. And I tell you what, I bet you the Rangers players know that that's the league gone for them. Uh, we do, I know that, You know, as, you know, it's coming home. We just need to hope it's a treble.
4: Um, we do march on in the next game is going to be St Johnson at Celtic Park. Patrick do you think Abada should have had a, a couple of goals because the one that's a really tight angle his first chance um watching the pictures pitchers back in the TV. It's uh it's Jacomachis that's deep to win the ball. McGregor then goes in a run, gets the ball back into Jack gets the ball over to Abada. And then the second one obviously the ball in from Ralston. It's a it's a good save but um, I think any other side Alan McGregor that probably
6: goes in the net. Yeah. Um, the first one is really unfortunate because he takes a bad touch. Um, if he takes a bad touch I think he at least gets a shot in target and you never know. Um, when you've got a forty goalkeeper against you. Um the second one, I thought I was thinking at the time Balsam should put it back to Abada the first time. Um it might not see him I think there's a player blocking the view possibly, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. he does, um it does it comes to a bad eventually and you know, he does put it in a really good place. I don't think you can follow him for twenty. What a power he's... on the ball too? I he's almost getting it into the roof of the net if the, the goalie doesn't save that. Um, there's a lot of space in the left hand side, but I, I think he actually hits it when it's in the air. It's off the ground, so it's a very hard ball to control anyway. Um, so <sighs> on, on another day, he could have had two goals. On another day, he could have had at least one. Um, just on that Sakala shot that you mentioned, you know, we were told at the beginning of the season. Joe Hart was weak on his left hand side at his near post. Um, he didn't look it on Sunday. Um, he gets yeah, really strong hand. really, yep, really um, strong hand. Um, you know, a lot of people are quite quick to write off Celtic goalkeepers, but he, he's been a he's been a revelation this season. You know, for one million pounds, it's an absolute bargain in today's uh, today's game. Um, but yeah, on another day, I I could have had two goals. One goal, you know, you, you just don't know it would
4: have relaxed a wee bit more but we, we, we can't grumble again I think we forget you know Lila Bada's 20 years of age Um, he's still very young he's you know not been at Celtic for a long long time there's still plenty more to come from Lila Bada and it's you know it shows the strength and depth of our squad I think just now that we are bringing a player like him uh, oh and I think all the players that came on and the team are in with a shouter you know mate, a start for us probably any point in time in the season Big Matt O'Reilly was unlucky um, when he came on obviously getting back off I think that challenge too the questions around it Um, just quickly on that point I know this was something you discussed on on Sunday Lawrence uh, when Ewan was on that he was talking about probably if you do take Johar's probably the one player in our team that if you do take out we don't have anybody else that we trust because we've lost Kyogo this season Big Jackals come in and did the job and we've lost wingers you know we've now got the depth midfield's the same probably across that back four um, you know if Greg Taylor goes out Uranovic can go with other big skills he's there probably Hart is the only position pound for pound that if you do take out that team we don't probably have a, a replacement for do we
6: how important yeah. he is yeah I mean you know I think Scott was um, up to antics on Sunday but he's the only guy that I trust that's for sure I mean I don't know what Lawrence thinks but I think Hart's the only one that I would I'd have any faith in
5: so you've oh, got Hart, Hart that Kane, is Duhan, Hazard all the way Toby is it Oluwemi
4: yeah it's I was going to so. say maybe I'm maybe I'm doing Toby Oluwemi I just a a there because I've not seen too much of him but again he's only a young guy um, and I think Joe Hart's experience has been really really important to Celtic this season and even the way he handled that incident on Sunday with the bottle you know you yeah. see him going over to Ange and saying listen I'm not going in that goal move and I'm going to go up this tunnel if that doesn't get sorted here
5: yeah, uh, yeah I Listen, look, look, he's head and shoulders above the, the the other keepers. I think Bain, I'm surprised that he got another year in the contract. I think the club expect big things from Toby, Duhan, and Hazard out and loan. I think can probably be moved on, can't they? Uh, and it, it, it may be some. Yeah, yeah, I would look at strengthening it, but it depends how much they think of Toby, doesn't it? If, if part of the promise bringing up for Tottenham is, you, you know, we think you're a real talent, we are going to. Be, Bring you closer to the first team. But if you move Duhan and Hazard on, you're going to need another, another keeper. Three's not going to be a, enough either way. I'd probably, for me, I'd move Bane on. Obviously, if I'm forgetting about Barkas, I'm just kind of, uh, yeah, he's gone. So he'll probably get six and you could get rid of four of them. You could get rid of Bane, Barkas, Duhan, Hazard. Leave Toby uh, in Hart and, yeah, look to sign a, a, a decent backup to Hart. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know the D United Keeper Siegris, there's been chat about him, but it, it, it's something that, that we'd look to improve upon, I think.
4: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, you know, you want competition, but I think Joe Hart ain't gonna be losing that number one jersey anytime soon. Um just to be hug um I just wanted to touch on this in the show today on Saturday uh, morning. Um myself and a few other Axom contributors were down the Gallagate, down at the old Birds bar. Myself, Tony Haggerty, and Jim Moore were at the launch of the Bertie Old Legacy, and just to give everyone a wee idea of this, um, been many one for planning in this, but um, they were delighted to launch the charity on Saturday and let the hard work begin. Um, Bertie Old was relentless with his hard work in helping charities and the needy, and is that great work which they plan to continue with uh, with the Bertie Old Legacy, their mission is to exist to carry on the tireless and dedicated work of the legend that was Bertie Old to help the disadvantaged people of Scotland and Ireland in their vision is to help vulnerable people to live a more comfortable, enjoyable life and give them the support they need to do that. Um, so, yes, it was a great launch on Saturday. Former players Frank McIverney, Joe Miller and Evan Williams were all there. Uh, Charlie popped along too. Uh, Jim Moore spoke a bit about Bend It Like Bertie if you've not seen it uh, I'm not being biased definitely go and see it it's coming back round please go and see it but if you're on Facebook please give the page a like um, the Bertie Old Legacy and if you're on Twitter the at is at Bertie's Legacy so yeah carrying on the spirit of the B man it was great to be invited along by Bertie's son uh, Robert and Martin McHugh who are doing great work and there'll be a lot of great work uh, coming um, in the Bee man's memory so we look forward to that Um, I just wanted to touch on that guys because I think it's very important that we do remember our legends and a guy like that certainly has every right to be remembered and I think uh, if we get the title this season it will be a real good tribute to the B man who I think would have certainly enjoyed that on Sunday Um, to come to Kyogo for the Hashi we were all very excited last week when we saw uh, this gentleman with a moustache reappear at Lennox Town he was back the man who had given us so many goals in that first half of the season. Um, just to come first to Andrew's comments, he had said he was desperate to play yesterday, but when I look at our running, we've got some massive games. He's such an important player for us, and I thought we could handle yesterday without him. To be fair, he tried everything. Everywhere I turned, he popped up in front of me to make sure I knew he was ready. I couldn't even walk around Lennox Town without seeing him, but we've kept him on ice, so to speak. He's ready to go, and he'll be involved this weekend. Very exciting stuff. Patrick, he'll go for the Hashi. I think it's going to be massively important for this next run in, in changing games.
6: Um, and it'll be great to see him back at Celtic Park, hopefully come Saturday. Yeah, you can imagine he'll be coming on in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes on Saturday. Um, and, you know, that that reception, that noise he's going to get is going to be pretty phenomenal. Um, and, you know, I just think we do need him because we've got a massive semi-final, and, um, you know, as much as we all think the league's in the bag, we still need to win those six games. Um, Well, we need to win at least four of them anyway, but I'd quite like to win all six. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we've got a semi-final, hopefully a final. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be the top six teams Um, after St Johnson. Um, you know, five post-split, two, two in the cup, hopefully. So, he's a big player for us. And um, I'm... I'm Delighted that we've gotten back, because as much as we've very much adapted to Yaka Marcus, we've only dropped two points since the split with him as our main striker. Uh, he looked puffed out on Saturday, though, because Aye. he ran his cell on the ground. And I
4: think he's well due a bit of rotation, because he's still here again. has been a revelation to us since the turn of the year, and that, that you know 12-point swing that I spoke about earlier, a lot of those
6: goals have been down to the big fella. It'll be very interesting to see who starts in the semi-final because if Kyogo's only going to get 20 minutes um, against St. Johnson, it'll be very, very interesting to see who Ange goes with. I'd, I'd expect him to go with Yaki Marcus if I'm honest, but I wouldn't be surprised if he puts Kyogo in there. Okay. Listen, sure in
5: semi-final, probably... you could go Kyogo left, Yaki through in the middle, and Maeda on the right. Yeah, you know, but that would give the Rangers defenders absolute nightmares. You so, keep
4: Giovanni Van Brockhorst up at night with that front for you, Lawrence. Come on, don't get me. Yeah.
5: Talk, talk about I'm closing down, to... though. The three of those closing down. Oof, you get a minute. Defend them from the front, isn't I it? get a minute.
4: No. And then you have obviously your rotation to bring on. Um, another wee quick couple of points just to touch on before we finish up. I want to come to CCV just before we close. But um, Celtic will be playing in the Lowland League next year. I know a lot of people have been enjoying uh, going along to watch them. That was confirmed. I think the price to enter is up um, but there was a vote by members in Celtic, B will be back in the Lowland League and we've also learned yesterday that on the 19th of April, the SPFL, all the clubs will vote on VAR, they need uh, 75% of all clubs in all leagues, um, apart from leagues 1 and 2 combined to pass this through, so that would be interesting to see what happens, that would be introduced after the World Cup in Qatar. Um Morris, just to close on this, we saw a report come out last night about CCV. Um, Burnley, Wolves and Leicester City are the other suitors who fancy him. £6 option to buy fee, um, possibly rising to 10 with add-ons. Obviously, those add-ons aren't always a definite, but um, supposedly his camp sees Celtic as the perfect place for him to take his game to new heights. I imagine you for Champions League football will be imperative in that and with the position we're in to win the league, I do imagine that we should be in the UCL next season. How important would it be to keep CCV at the club and do this kind of thing? Does this kind of thing coming out give you hope that he will be um, hopefully modeling next season's kit next season? Let's put it that way.
5: But let's hope so. Listen, he's imperious at the back. He's he's just been brilliant. He's so calm. He's collected. You can see why the boys nickname him in the fridge. You know, it depends how tight our option to buy is, But, you know, I'd heard that Brendan was interested in him, but maybe somebody says, look, look what happened to Benkovic, <laughs> you know. And he's been he's been down in the, the EPL and he's had a fairly nomadic career of going round about various loans. I think seven loans or something, isn't it? So maybe if his advisors are switched on, they're saying, look, it's Champions League, get another season under your belt. You know, you'll have two seasons of football then. You might get better offers after that. And it's really down to, it's down to the player whether he wants to stay or not, isn't it? I mean, and hopefully he, he doesn't want be. to stay. You know, If he doesn't want to stay, let's hope we could at least do a, a Jack Kendry, buy him and then and then sell him on that profit. But for a guy that's had seven loan spells, he's got to find a home. I know he started off his career in the hoops down in Essex. So maybe he, he just thinks that, that the hoops suit, suit him and he's going to stay and have a crack at the Champions League and hopefully a second treble.
4: Yep, uh, Gary's come in to say CCV is class. If he's interested in the deal needs to be done, it's a freeway agreement. Oh yes, obviously Spurs, Celtic and the player himself, Brown Warriors, come in to say Sydney Cup money pays for CCV. Yep, there is that that money is there also. So I don't think that's going to be a, a hurdle, Patrick. Also, I think it's really important to mention, I mentioned uh, Qatar a few minutes ago. He's also going to be keen to try and break into that USA squad who are going to be at the World Cup. That will only come probably with consistent football, um, which is certainly guaranteed at Celtic. And personally, I don't know if you agree with this, I think CCV has been our best set of half since Virgil van Dijk, just in everything that he's brought to the club. um, He's brought a real calmness to the back four. He's very assured. He's popped up with important goals like he just did at the weekend. And I think he is imperative uh, to the way that
6: Ange wants to play football. He just looks so, so cool. Yeah, 100%. And you know what, I mean... I think I'm right in saying if we need, um, if we pay the amount, it's totally up to the player, you know, to choose which club he wants to go to. So, if if it's if it's Celtic, he wants to go to, all we need to do is pay the money. And if we win the league, which I think we will, we're going to get the Champions League money. And if we get the Champions League money, I don't think we'll have any hesitation in buying Carter Vickers. Um, you know, we're having these debates about whether it's Carter Vickers or Jota. I think unfortunately for Jota, and you know, for Celtic as well. Since his form stepped a tiny bit, I think CCV's the main priority. And, you know, as you were saying, and I'd give it another season before making, you know, Van Dyke claims because I think we've had a lot of quite good centre halves in the past seven or eight years, but he
4: certainly a yeah, it. Did it I it one of them.
6: Yeah, I Benkovic, um, two of my favourites as well.
4: Jozo um, was always important in that invincible season, too. The rest of his Celtic
6: career didn't. And doing yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah, it's yeah,
4: an important part no. What you're saying about just, you know... Some crack and tackles But one yes. part of the season, yeah, I know what one you'll be talking about, but I, I think, yeah, as important, you know, probably take one one season in isolation, you're saying you like to see a lot more of I just think just what he's brought and, you know, if you think about our centre-half last season, um, he's just been so, so assured and been so, so important to us. Uh, 100%. Yeah. So... Um, it's six clear gents with six to go it's a 16 goal advantage um, it's the form we have found since Andrew's been around that has put us at the top of the league thank you for watching a Celtic State of Mind on this Tuesday afternoon hope everyone has a great week and we'll be doing our usual build up to the St John's game on Saturday hope everybody enjoys that and enjoys getting back to Celtic Park thank you for joining us on a